that's training of the mind that you've missed in the most important times of your life and in your development. You're not taught that. You're taught just to shut up, sit down, listen, and repeat what I want you to repeat, duplicate it, get out there, do what I tell you to do, that's it. Live a life that is manufactured, created, and sold to you. You don't even have a choice. Kind of like taxes. <laughs> I'm Kaya. And I'm Yasmin. And this is the, the Mixed, Mixed Feelings, Feelings Podcast. Hi, everyone. Hey. We are finally on our last episode of the first season of the Mixed Feelings podcast. Woo! Yeah, round of applause for ourselves. I know. I'm proud. So, Kaya, what does this episode mean in your eyes? Yeah, I think this one's really important to me because I know that I'm constantly trying to reflect on how I can be better, how I'm going about life, and I really just want our listeners, too, to... If you haven't yet, and really ask yourself that question, if you haven't yet, dive into yourself and really think about how you're going about life. What about you? For me, I think this episode is about looking into myself. I didn't anticipate going into this project with you that I would have so many self-discoveries through the conversations that we've had with people either on our show or just people talking about our show afterwards, um, that I've learned a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. True that. Second that. And I think that our guest this week is the perfect person to interview when it comes to diving into your inner self. Mm -hmm. So y'all remember Julia from the second episode. Julia, are you racist? I am racist. Yep. 100%. (laughs) So this week, we're going to be interviewing Julia's husband, Tony. Yeah, and he's awesome. He really is. Um, He challenges the status quo Mm -hmm. and makes us really think about things in a way that it seems like it was there the whole time, right? Like, why didn't you think of this sooner? And Tony does a really great job at self-reflection and being able to observe everything that's going on around him and how that impacts him and those that he cares about. So Tony's going to talk a little bit about that, and I guess the theme of today's episode is, do we ever have an original thought? Yeah, and are we individuals, or are we a part of one collective mind? They truly contradict, right? Yeah. Original thoughts, and then like fitting in, culture, you know, because as human beings, that's what we want, right? We want to belong. We want to be together. We want to feel unity, and I believe that's that's one of those things that we're born with, right? That's That's a that's a faculty that they, no one has to be taught, right? We just want to be together, right? But then on the same sense, if, if, when I look at it from a spiritual angle, we're all individuals because we're all special in our own right, right? So, so we have to express that individualism through life. I think it's interesting that he says we're social beings, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is what humans are. That's what sets us apart from animals and trees I guess um, and then he he tackled a spirituality side of it right um, and it makes me think about how there are all of these different religions that 
believe in a higher power, but they're still separated. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yes, they are individuals in the sense that maybe they practice Islam or maybe they practice Christianity, but end goal for most people, I'd say, is pretty similar. Religions all have a different God, so to speak. You know, this is my God, that's your God. If If we're truly trying to understand that, there can only be one power. There really can only be one one God, right? And we're just all extensions of that. Because in each book I read, all I hear is we're made in God's image. We are sons of God's, right? And I don't want to I don't want to speak even in masculine terms because <laughs> if you really want to break it down to the reality of it, every human being, whether man or woman, has come from a woman. Yes. So you think God is a woman? Of course, you don't. Personally, I feel like God can't be a man or a woman. Gender is a construct. What? (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, like, of course I think that women are awesome. Right, me too. (laughs) But um, I think that you can't have a baby without a man at the end of the day. You can't create something with both sides. But, uh, I don't know. But at the same time, men aren't able to carry life in their bodies and birth it out of Well, I know God's not a man. Like, that's (laughs) God-given. God-given, it's not a man. It may be a woman, but it's for sure not a man. You see how we said it? That's how you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like God is an it. You know, it's this energy. It's this force that just flows through things. I don't think that God can be reduced down to a gender. It's much more than that. Especially not a race. Y'all out here praising white Jesus. Come on. (laughs) So, Kaya, what is the meaning of life? The meaning of life is... No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think it is? I, I think that in an ideal world, it's what you can make out of it, right? Yeah. But then you could easily argue that sometimes life doesn't give you a whole lot to create out of. Mm-hmm. Like to create your own meaning. When I think I got a grasp of it or an idea of what it is, something comes right behind it and knocks that right out the water. Right, So every day I'm evolving and changing and learning. And if I can continue to make myself over again each day, to me, that's how you purify yourself. Because with gold, after the draw, there's nothing left but the pure gold. The impurities are taken away from it. And that's what I believe the process of life is. is to, we're not trying to strive to be perfect, but understand how imperfect you are. And then in that, you might seem to reach some kind of understanding. That really stuck out to me because I I don't know if you felt the same way, but in doing this podcast, I've really had to humble myself. And I, I mean, I'm not trying to say don't compliment me, people, but like there's a lot of things that we have to learn still, that I have to learn still. And I think becoming more okay with our flaws and the flaws in others is going to help us grow, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that we've already come a long way from, like, episode one to Uh now, just in terms of it just takes a lot less time, for instance, for us to crank out an episode. But even more than that, just, like, how those conversations that we've had and then, like, going back and re-listening to the conversations, too. Like, I carry that with me, and I think about, okay, how can I apply this to my life? And it's constant growth and it's mistakes and it's failing, but not really failing because you can't fail if you learn something from what went wrong. Yeah, like I could see that in even just like relationships and stuff, friendships even. I can't change people. I don't have the power to change people. No one has the power to change anyone, 
right? You're on your own journey just as well as you are, just as well as I am. And that's what makes us so special, that we can all still, our, our lives are almost like circles that kind of, you know, encompass at times or shade each other at times, but then we can blend through and totally go back separate again, right? And I like that, that we can intersect at times, gain from each other, and then go our separate ways again. And not only, and not only that, but not lose what we had together, right? We can if we think of it in a negative way. But if we think of every joint adventure in a positive way, we only can, can gain from it. And there's this saying that I've had in my mind to myself you know, for a long time. I don't win or lose. I win or learn every single time. What I've learned just, just from my knowledge of psychology is from the ages of zero to seven, your mind is in a state of hypnosis. I forgot what it's called, what the actual word is, but it's a state, right? And, and from zero to seven, your mind, both, both lobes, can communicate. As we get older, they separate. That's why you have a left and a right, and one controls the other. But from that age of zero to seven, your faculties have to be combined, right? Why do we right. lose that? You see what I'm saying? So, so at that point, when you're going, when you're absorbing all this, right? Because by the time you're five, you've already learned how to fit within a structure of people or where's your place in the family. You know what I'm saying? No one's taught you this or told you this. You just absorb this by being around your family and in the culture. So if the culture dictates how you think, how are you thinking original? Back to my original thought. You see what I'm saying? So, so truly... No, none of us have even had the time to sit down and have a, an original thought, <laughs> okay? So that's what I, I tell people. I go, you, you thinking? But you're thinking about things that have already been fed into your mind. You see what I'm saying? You, you haven't been able to freely express yourself as a human being. No original thoughts, huh? That's kind of scary. Why is it scary? Because then it, people like to have power. I think that's why we go about the world really is everybody just likes to have power over something that's why we have a lot of crappy things that happen to us too like sexual assaults it's just about power and I think saying that we have no original thoughts takes away our power okay well since you're a neuroscience major Mm. I want you to speak a little bit more on like the development of the brain and like what that means um, in terms of original thoughts yeah well I think that's interesting because I'm in my fourth year right as a neuroscience major, and we haven't even talked about, you know, how thoughts are necessarily generated. We talk about memory and um, things like that and where that's stored and language. and um, But we don't, we don't really break it down in the way that I think a lot of us would like to when we're talking about the brain. And Tony was right, what he was saying about the connectivity of our brains as we're developing. And it's actually interesting because even our eyes as infants, the tracks of our, I don't, I don't want to get too technical, <laughs> but like our optic tracks, so the way that we see and how it goes into our brain usually crosses over in adulthood. Um, so the things we see on our right side actually get um, projected onto our left side of our brains. But as infants, it just goes straight back. So what he's saying is true, that as we're developing, you know, we start to segregate. And I think it's interesting that there is this, like, separation, right? Like, the way that we experience the world versus the way that, like, the world is and the way that you're being taught about your brain versus how you live through your brain. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I would appreciate 
an education where you can combine those things, you know, where it's like a holistic way of viewing the brain. This is what it does mechanically, but this is how we live it, how we experience it, which is a broader metaphor for just like how society operates in general, I'd say. I've been put into a box all my life. The day you're pretty much able to understand and be conscious, you're labeled, you're tagged, you're put in a box and said, this is what you are. You haven't even had a chance to grow and understand what you are as a being, right? Like, what you really are. What you, why are you, what's your personality, right? Because, once again, we take in these things from the outside world, and we're constantly bombarded with, this is who you are, this is what you say, this is what you do, right? This is where you go. And we never, we're never given a chance to kind of freely express ourselves, right? to just be individuals. Because once we get into the system, let's call it what it is. It's a system in which you're taught to do or think a certain way up to a certain age. And even then, you've been trained to be that way. So now, if you go to school from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade, all you're, all you're in is, is a system of structure that's teaching you to be within a community eight hours a day with people you don't really know, probably don't share ideas with, have no community with, but this is our structure of society. So even once you finish that at, at 12th grade, when you go on to the workforce, that's how it's going to be for you. You're going to have to blend with different personalities and people for eight to ten hours a day maybe in an environment you probably don't want to be in, right? But this is how we make our bread. This is how we live. This is the structure we're in. You see what I'm saying? And it kind of gets crazy because you're like, I never even had a chance to decide. I never even had a chance to say, no, this is not what I want. This is not how I want to live. I don't want to work eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. I want to be, I want to do something else. You're not given a chance to, you see? And to me, that's more of the imprisonment of the mind right away. We never even have a chance. (laughs) Okay. You see what I'm saying? So we get this all through all much, all through our maturation up until we're like 18, 19, and then we're told, okay, here, now you got to go do it on your own. Come on. What kind of state is that to be in? <laughs> then you are at the mercy of society again, so you just give in again and go, okay, what do I have to do? What do I need to be? Right? And here we are, living in a world that's structured and already made for us, living in cultures that are already structured and made for us, and we just slide right in. This is something that has been really difficult for me to wrap my head around Mm -hmm. and express. So let's try to articulate it as best that we can. Yeah, yeah, give it a shot. So being black in America means to always be the victim, historically. That is what that means. I think that we as a collective black person are trying to shift that narrative now, but I think that the best way by doing that is by taking agency over our lives and expressing our individual selves as best as we possibly can. And of course that can mean like shared identities, you know, like getting your hair braided Mm -hmm. or uh, wearing something that's like African inspired or showing solidarity with other black people, but not limiting ourselves to thinking, oh, I'm black so I can only be this. Right. And I'm only speaking on this from observation, right? Because I don't want to start to even attach my words to those labels, right? Because I'm trying to break free of that. And I'm, I'm trying to use my words to have other people break free of that, okay? But I understand the subject, and let's go with this, right? So there, are, there aren't two... <laughs> yeah. See, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to choose my words wisely, but then again, I don't. 
You know what I'm saying? I want to be free with this, and I'm going to because I'm looking at both of you looking at me, and you're like, nah, don't, don't hold back. <laughs> give us what we want, right? That's all I'm going to give it to you. I had a conversation with, with one of my daughters the other day, and I said, okay, if we're looking at culture, what other culture right now, or even go back 50, 60 years, in its music, degradates its people, its women, its culture, makes everything counterproductive to what you would want to do. There's only one that does that right now, and it's been fed that. It's been manufactured and put right there in place to be absorbed. You're like, wow, yeah, you know, I, why would I want to be attached to so much negativity? But yet this is what our culture is. And I'm speaking that because I'm, I'm brown. Right, So I would be casted in that group anyway, just based off appearance again. So I have to think in that way. Not that I want to, but I have to understand what I'm dealing with. Right? I'm not going to fool myself. And those, that, that's one thing that my life, the lessons in my life have, have led me to this point, is to really be more observant of what's going on around me and less into how it's affecting me per se. Because it's really not affecting me. It's not. Because if I'm trying to stay focused in my world, if I'm trying to concentrate on what I'm doing in my world and create a positive image, my thoughts are what manifest reality for me, right? And that's why even though I, I hear that music in the backdrop, I don't want to focus on it because if I start to focus on it, then my thoughts turn into that. So I think it's important to recognize that there is like social realities to race, right? What do you mean by that? Explain that. It means something that we are black, like, that is something that people recognize, um, and they form opinions on it, whether or not they are conscious of it, mm-hmm. um, and the same for, you know, any other race. Right. But at the end of the day, what's more important, I think, is that we are human beings, right? Yeah. Like, we all share that identity, that we are mm-hmm. humans. So, things like racism and sexism, they start to not make sense when you uncategorize yourself from your race like when you take yourself out of that box and then racism is harmful to anybody right so is all the isms you know like sexism too and and if we can be okay with starting to detach ourselves from these identities and the way that people think we're supposed to be in them we can understand our neighbors too I think a little bit better if you look at the world today it's not only pockets of the world that are in captivity. It's almost like the entire world is in some form of captivity. So we're talking about the human race here. Okay? We're getting deep into this. All right? If you want to go down the rabbit hole, let's do it. I don't, you, here we go. So if, if, if we're all part of one, one big family, so to speak, right? then we all must be connected to some kind of one big mind also, right? That this, this mind is what consciously connects us. Man puts this pain on himself, and therefore the whole race has to share it. The human race, you see what I'm saying? Not just this group or that group or that color or this color. The whole race is going to share in this pain. And that's what we've been going through, sharing in this pain. But the same way we can share in the healing. The same, the same power can be used to do the other thing. You see what I'm saying? We're just not thinking on the other thing. We're thinking so much on the negative and not so much on the positive. I think that 
collective pain is real. And I mean, you might not agree because we talked about this before, but that's that's what I experienced with the Kavanaugh case, like a collective pain in the United States. I don't know. I feel like some of the pain is not genuine pain. I feel like a lot of it is misunderstanding or wanting to feel a part of the group. And I don't know. I think I see this the most on social media. Because how can you really truly express your pain, a collective pain, in a 140-character tweet that is generalizing the experience of all women and then expect me to say, yeah, me and your pain, that's shared, when I don't actually feel like it is shared. Sometimes I feel like my pain is just mine. On the other side, though, if we can't feel pain altogether as one if we're too individualistic in our own struggle, then what is empathy? Then what is humanity and realizing that we're all in this together? What's the point of it then? Well, maybe it's just like the healing that we have to do together. Maybe it's not me experiencing pain. Maybe that's what I have to go through as an individual. And then healing is like a group process. I think for some people, part of that healing is walking through that pain with someone else it's true. Could be. But I like what he says about healing. And you and I have been going through that. I think this podcast has been really healing in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, it has been. Every episode heals a different wound that I didn't even know I had. Yeah, also it's just like like in our last episode about um, confronting pain. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that hearing that from people and then also realizing Like, why pain even bothers me in the first place? You know, like, obviously pain bothers you because it hurts, but, like, why does it hurt? Why does it hurt the way that someone said my name or, like, the way that they looked at me? Why does that hurt? Right. It's all our internal problems. Mm -hmm. And even as a child, when I seen somebody else hurt or in pain, I felt it. Right? Even if I was in a happy mood, the moment I seen them hurting, I felt the hurt of them. And And a lot of us do. We just learn to turn our backs to it. We learn to not look at it, right? And that's not good. That's not good because that's not going to allow us to grow into what we should be and what we need to be. And that's what's hindering us, like I was talking before, that's what's hindering the human race as a whole. Because if one of us is like that, that's all it takes to hold us all back. And I learned part of that in the military too. A lot of people understand. I was in the military at a very young age. Very young age. My mother signed me in at 17. Okay, so I went straight from straight from the nest right into into the fire. Right. And so with me, though, the one thing I learned about the military is they have a psychological system in place that forces people to forget their individuality and work together. And it's a great system, but I've never seen it work anywhere else other than in that environment, (laughs) because you do have to almost strip the individual of their individuality. You do. You have to make them a shell and so then build them back up in the image in which you want them to be, which would be a person that shares in responsibility, a person that's looking out for his common man and woman, a person that's that's going to go the extra mile and push themselves. You know what I'm saying? 
And you have to be taught that. And that's why I said during those very important stages, we're not. But there is a system that teaches it to you if you really need it, but it's in a very harsh way. Very harsh. And at that time, when you get it, you're not going to be the same afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Because if you come into it with this really nice and wholesome and loving attitude, that's what they're going to strip you of because that's not what they need. You see? So if you want to be part of it, you have to lose that part of yourself. You know what that reminds me of? What? Do you remember the Disney movie with Hilary Duff called Cadet Kelly? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I remember, like, it was a boot camp, right? So it was, like, pre-military, and she would go in to, like, the boot camp with, like, her glamorous stuff. <laughs> she would always put on, like, an accessory so she would be different, and they would be like, Cadet Kelly, you can't do that. <laughs> Calling her maggots. <laughs> And in the end, what did she do? She stripped away all of those extra <laughs> accessories and fell in line. Then she danced around with ribbons, though. Oh, that's true. You she did. That. Didn't, didn't she, like, toss some guns in the air or something? Yes. Epic. <laughs> Highlight of my childhood. <laughs> there were definitely better Disney movies than Cadet Kelly. But I, I think that's a great example, like, on a larger scale of how we can get, for lack of a better term, brainwashed by our environment. Yeah, I mean, that. I think most people call it conditioning, but mm-hmm. yeah, that is exactly what it is. And I mean, you thats it's not just in the military, it's in your schools, it's in <sighs> shit, like the way you interact with law enforcement, it's... Your family, Your families. Your if you're a part of a religious group, mm-hmm. you know the, the norms and the behavior that is acceptable and you know what not to do. Even like your romantic partner yeah like I think there's some people that have relationships where their partner just totally like confines them into this small being based off of certain gender roles Ah, gender can't believe we're still talking about it but (laughs) yeah like it just happens all the time yeah I also want to talk about like social justice warriors Mm, yeah I feel like there's this um, culture around social justice that is just so, like, pervasive, for lack of a better word, where it's, like, attacking people who disagree with you on the Internet. Like, if someone says something that isn't, quote-unquote, politically correct, social justice warriors will swarm them and be like, this is racist, homophobic, and hell. Mm. It's like that. Has anybody seen that uh, Cardi B meme? Where she's like a little girl, and it's like my mama said that you're dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's social justice words. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I get that there's probably good intention behind it. Like you're obviously you're out for justice, but at the same time, like where are you supporting the people that need the support? It's almost like if you line up twenty people in a row, and then one person sticks his head out, you can see them clearly. Right? You can clearly see them. And you go, aha, that's the one. Get them out. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's how the system is set up. It's set up to quickly make everybody fall in line. And if you're not going to, you stick out. And then they deal with you quickly and, and swiftly. It's not even an issue. They're being cold and calculated about it. Go, you're not going to make it. You're out. And that's how life is sometimes with us, right? You think you're doing something right. You think you're fitting into a group. And all of a sudden, you stick your head out of line. It goes, no, 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 no. You're not doing that around here. You're out. And it's cold and it's calculated and it's swift. Right? And in our society, 
people love doing that to each other very quickly. They'll gang up even in a group real quick to do it to somebody, right? And then break apart again. That's why I've never understand. I'm like, if we can be organic in that way, how come we can't be organic in the other way? How come we can't quickly huddle around people to protect them and help them and then go back to what we were doing? In society, people want us to stay on this certain path. And the moment we step outside of that, we get pushed right back in or chucked all the way out. And there's a lot of negativity that circulates around that, too. Like, instead of encouraging someone to grow and be different and accept their individual selves, they just show, they throw negativity at them instead. And mm-hmm. just imagine if they, they just switched up that energy, gave them some positive energy, and they were like, you know what? Yeah, be you. Make sure that you're not harming anybody else, obviously, and make sure that, you know, we're still operating as a society because, you know, if you're too individualistic, then it's like nobody can work together. But finding that middle ground where, like, it's cool to express yourself and be you, but let's work together. But what helps me continue, like I said, to further go into whatever my journey is supposed to be is that I know wherever I go, that intelligence is with me. That mind is with me. And I can tap into it at any time. Whenever I feel like I'm trying to fall back too much on myself, you know, be too much into myself, I have to stop and think i got to let that intelligence work through me because I'm really nothing. I'm really nothing. This world has made me into something, but I'm really nothing, right? We're all just a little bit of something and a little bit of nothing all at the same time. You like that one? Just like if one person starts to move its energy into others in a positive way, they start to become positive, right? And they can sometimes carry that energy even further with them and tap somebody else and make them more positive. So now we're connecting a stream, right, of positive energy, right? But there's more negative in the world than positive. So if we're always being bombarded by the negative, it's so hard to keep the positive going. Right, because if for every one positive thing I do, there's twenty behind it, I'm all I'm constantly just catching up. Right? I'm never ahead. Right? And and this is what I try to tell people. If you can convince yourself to have at least fifty one percent of your thoughts each day be positive, I'm guaranteeing you you're gonna change your mood. Your overall energy and personality is gonna be different. But you gotta focus on that. Right? You can't just let somebody else come into the room with a bad attitude and all of a sudden your attitude starts changing. You've got to fight that. And that's not easy. Because mentally, we want to be lazy and we want to fall back into that, right? So now we're dealing with layers of it. You see what I'm saying? It's, just, it's not only just the mental, but it's the physical too because we get tired. And the, and the two are linked together. So if you're, if, you're, if you're stressed, if you're running all day, every day, trying to maximize your potential, and you don't have time to even think and sit for like an hour and create a positive mind frame for yourself, the day is going to carry you. But the day is not going to be good. And by the end of the day, you're going to be washed. Know thyself, know thy worth. Exactly. I think that's what is huge here is knowing that you have the capability of being positive and looking at the world in a positive light and striving for that every day. Yeah, and also that you have the power to think outside what everybody wants you to be all the time. And I think it's important to realize that that shit is difficult. It is. It's hard. It's going to be really hard, especially if it's something that you are not used to doing, Mm -hmm. which I don't think we are. No. And 
it takes mental energy to be able to focus on changing your thoughts constantly throughout the day. Uh, yeah, I like how he said, can you just dedicate some time mm-hmm. to to working on yourself and to being positive, to focusing your mind on positive energy? Like, even if it's just 51% of your thoughts that are positive and 49% are negative, at least you're leaning in the right direction. Yeah. And I bet you it becomes easier the more that you do it. Right. It's all just practice. You can't let people steal your joy. No. And we're not... We, I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us too. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you guys too. No, I want to thank you. Oh, you were talking Yasmin. to me specifically? Yes. I want to thank you. Really. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Kaya. Honestly, this has been like, well, it's only been eight weeks of recording, right? Mm-hmm. But oh, the lessons, man, the lessons <laughs> will last a lifetime. And I'm really excited to see what else we have coming. Oh, we know. It's going to be good. Yeah, Mm. it's going to be great. Um, We're going to give Tony the last word on this one. Yeah, he deserves it. Thank you so much for being our guest, Tony. If you can allow yourself to sink and think in a low vibration or in a bad manner, you can take that same will and say, I'm going to do better. I'm not going to be that way. I'm going to be this way. Okay? And that's what separates us from the creatures of the earth is that we were blessed with this free will as these spiritual beings, that we can make a choice, but we must understand the system we're dealing with. There is a universal law that's in effect. Just like I said, the birds and the trees react to what's going on. They do what they do. The seasons change. The earth revolves or whatever, however people want to to do it. We ain't got nothing to do with that. We're not spinning a wheel. We're not putting batteries into something. We ain't got nothing to do with that, right? So that is, to me, universal law in in its best. If we want to learn, learn from nature. Observe nature, right? But you must understand that you have a free will, so you're just not a robot. But the power you're tapping into is all power. It ain't some power. It ain't that power. It is the power. Okay, so what you draw from it, what you do with that, that's the effect. You're the cause. So what do you want your effect to be, good or bad? Don't blame the power. If something's on fire and you touch it and you burn your hand, you're going to blame the fire? No, you can't. You created an effect from what you did, which was the cause. Learn and understand that. Get that understanding, right? Because with the lack of understanding, people perish. And their thoughts do them in. It ain't the world. It ain't what's going on. It's how they're thinking that's doing them in. And this is what I try to get people to understand, right? It's, it's not the other person. It's not the black guy, the white guy, the Mexican guy, the Asian guy. It ain't that. It's you. What are you thinking? What are you doing, right? Even if you think a negative thought, and it's just a bypass. Once you think it, it's going to go into effect because that's a natural law. We can't escape from what we do, and man must learn to understand that and work with that, not fight against it, and that's what we've been doing, fighting against that law. Understand it, work with it. Your life will be good. Yes, you might not be able to do everything you wanted to do, but we normalize bad behavior all the time. 
and it's not good. It's not good for the spirit. It's not good for the soul. It's not good for the race. That's it. Shout outs to Shad Anderson for our logo. And Nitin Riti Gupta for our photography. Also, huge shout out to Gabe Cox and Banana Slug Productions for the music. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Mixed Feelings Podcast. Don't forget about our Twitter page at Dumb Mixed Feels Pod. And support us on Patreon, y'all. If you haven't done it yet, we need that dough and you get some cool deleted notes. And also, big shout out to you guys for being loyal listeners. We love you so much. <laughs>